you tell me your name, please? Is that everyone? You wanted more? You could not live with your own failure. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blipped In. I'm your co-host, as always, Alan Ramage. Join with me today is my main guy, Kwame. Kwame, my friend, welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Good to be back another week with you, my brother. Talk about some more of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Quite a hard-hitting episode, and you know we're getting closer and closer to our climax of the, the end of the series. Only one week left, but... What an episode we had this week, man! A lot of a lot of developments happening right now. I don't I don't want to think about the end because it it, it depresses me a, a little it's, bit. It's too close, man. It's wild. Knowing that yeah. we won't have any Marvel stuff for like six weeks is crazy. Oh, it's it sucks. It it's sucks. despicable. I hate it. Not a fan. Fuck Disney for pushing back the the Black Widow release. But also, right. Disney, if you want to sponsor us, we will take it and we'll take back every bad word we've ever said about you. <laughs> so, sh- shameless plug right there. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, again, not, not much news this week. I don't know if you spotted anything. Not really much of anything, to be honest. Um, yeah. It seems like it's been kind of quiet, at least on my front. I haven't heard of it much of anything. And you know me, I'm I'm very much on the ball when it comes to stuff like that because I'm sending you stuff always. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, you know, it's it's a bad week news wise when I'm not sending you anything at all. Like, right. When it pertains to news, oh, anything. I've seen little stuff, but again, like you said, nothing of note that we can talk about on the podcast, right? So yeah, only thing I saw was Sam's new suit, but I think that that's been leaked for a while. I swear that's been it's leaked like, like yeah, six times. Yeah, the, the toy, but I mean, it just. Looks like the one from the comic books to me. Looks it looks exactly great. It does look good. Shout out to the well, Wakandans for now being the supplier of all technology since Tony Stark's gone. I know. It's great. They're not the only <laughs> arms dealers in the world. Right? <laughs> That's where I thought they were going with it. Well, yeah. Let's just dive into it straight away. So, you know, obviously, episode five basically starts with a little recap, doesn't it, of what happened last week with Lamar and John Walker and stuff. And then we go into, you know, the big fight scene in this episode, which was interesting because they basically put the big fight scene right at the beginning. Then we didn't really get much fighting afterwards. Did we like realistically, which was honestly kind of shocking. I didn't think they would get into this big fight so soon, but Hey, I was all for it. Kick off the episode right away with some action. But I mean, obviously John Walker's lost his damn mind because he just murdered a dude in the middle of the road, ran away like a little bitch. Um, ends up in a warehouse, you know, kind of takes a moment to recollect himself, you know, just over the shield. Shield still has blood on it. He's confronted by Bucky and Sam, and they're like, look, man, you know, just explain your hit. He's like, you know, just explain what happened, you know, with your history. I'm sure you'll get off with something nice and easy, but you got to cough up the shield. And, you know, at first, John was like, well, damn, you know, maybe they're right. And then as soon as they talk about the shield, he's like, so that's what it was. That's really what it was. You guys were, you you guys just wanted to get the shield back. And then we get the great big battle scene between, you know, psychopath John Walker, Bucky, and Sam, which was a great battle scene, in my opinion. I thought it was phenomenal. It's just 
man, this dude, John Walker, has really gone off the deep end. The man has really tried to justify what he did and he continues. He's, it's so embedded in his head that he's Captain America. He just keeps saying, I'm Captain America. What do you mean? Like, this is what I am. This is me. I'm Captain America. It's like, bro, calm down. He actually mentions it in every appearance that he has in this episode that he's Captain America and he thinks he should be get special treatment. He's better than somebody. It's it's madness to me. I mean, how'd you feel about this episode? Uh, the whole the episode, episode. Sorry. <laughs> so the whole part, episode I thought was great. Just before we get dive into the the whole, you know, parts of the episode and what we've seen and whatnot. I think today will be a relatively short one for us, though. Right? There's not much to speculate on because we'll touch on it as we talk about the rest of the episode, right? Yeah. But like, it just seems like a really it was a great lead in. Don't get me wrong to next week. But at the same time, this is what it felt like. It felt like a lead-in. We got a bunch of great stories out of it, which was great, which we'll absolutely touch on, you know, very, very soon. But the whole fight scene was phenomenal. Like, John Walker still thinking that it's about the shield, when in reality, what Bucky and Sam were doing was, it was damage protection, right? They were trying to help him. Even in this situation, they were trying to help him. But he's yeah. too far up his own ass that he doesn't realize that they're trying to help him. He, he thinks that they're, they're, they're trying to exploit him. And I think the super soldier serum is messing with his head, which we'll touch on later because we see it. Post cred scenes are back. Yay. Um, right. Yeah. It was a great. long time. <laughs> you know, so it's been, since episode nine and 10 of WandaVision, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've had that great post cred. Um, but like, yeah, it's, I think, Seeing the, the evolution of John Walker is really interesting to me because that guy snapped. He was about to kill Bucky and Sam in a way that was even more gruesome than what he did to Nico, right? The flag yeah. smasher, yeah. which was wild to me. Yeah, he was trying to kill Sam in basically the exact same way, stabbing the shield right through the guy. But, I mean, you can even see just like, again, before the fight, he's like, you guys don't want to do this, like, it's like, bro, what? Are, what are you? We're just trying to help you. Like, what do you mean? And then you know, as the, as they're fighting, you know, he makes comments like, "We could have been a team," and you know, as he, you know, as he, you know, kicks Bucky away, and Bucky's temporarily, you know, incapacitated on the side, and he's fighting Sam kind of one on one. And you know, he's got Sam pinned to the ground. He's like, "I am Captain America," like in his crazy ass way, rips the dude's wings right off, like. And then tries to kill him with the shield, like you said. Like, he's completely unhinged at this point. He's completely gone off the deep end. He's been so consumed by this mantle of Captain America and the, the respect and everything he thinks he deserves automatically that, and he's not getting that. He's not getting the respect from the people, anybody, whether it's refugees, whether it's Sam and Bucky, whether it's the Dora Milaje. He's not getting the same respect that he felt that he was supposed to. And, you know, his rage has just gone off the end. So like you said, I really do, I do agree with your point that I think the super soldier serum has really started to mess with his head. And that's kind of also what's driving him. Cause I mean, he was already crazy before, but like they always talk about the, he's serum. Gone off the deep end. yeah, it amplifies more of who you are. And this is kind of what it's doing. It's making him crazier and crazier. So man, what a scene though, but obviously he gets defeated at the end ultimately. And they're able to recover the shield and he kind of broke his arm or something. Hyper extended yeah. his elbow. That shit was nasty. But well, man, John Walker, what a guy. 
I, I loved I loved the scene with the where he rips off the wings though, man. I just think it was a great cinematic scene that we haven't seen in, in like the MCU before, right? Like a scene like that where, you know, we've seen like with Ant Man and stuff where he sort of messes with Sam, you know, when when he's the Falcon and stuff. But yeah, we've not really seen a guy be this violent with a piece of machinery like John was. Yeah, which I loved. I thought it was really really good. It just makes you hate John Walker even more, which. Again, credit to the writing staff. They did an absolutely great job of making you hate John Walker this entire this entire trip. Yeah. Made him a very, very unlikable character, my man. I mean, this whole scene, again, just so much so much madness that you see in John. And obviously, you know, Sam and Bucky decide on their own that I mean they've been talking I mean Bucky's been talking about it the whole damn series like we gotta get that shield back man yeah. and Sam kind of like fin- finally comes around that you know we have the symbol of you know America freedom and all that murdering people in cold blood in the middle of a plaza for you know there's really no reason that justifies it so taking the shield was the right thing so I'm glad that this scene happened. I'm glad John finally met Justice and got his ass whooped for like what the third or fourth time in the series. So he's owing for the series. So I'm ex- I'm happy for it. He is no wins on his record. I don't think he's getting on soon. So I shout out to that. Yeah, and like and what we see from here, it sort of like spins off into three different directions, right? For a little bit, you get yeah. where Sam goes, you get where John goes, and then you get where Bucky goes. And I don't know which one you want to start with. I think we should start with Sam's because I think that was, for me, the most hard-hitting part yeah. of the episode um, where he goes off to Baltimore. I'll let you handle that one um, just yeah. because, you know, you mentioned how dope you thought it was. Oh, yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, quickly before we get into that. So, obviously, once they have gotten rid of um, or they, you know, disarmed John of the Shield, Bucky goes off to kind of deal with Zemo. Sam's kind of talking with Torres and they find out that, you know, the flag, the government's kind of intervened and is stepping in with the flag smashers operation and they're going to kind of run point on it now. So they, and Carly's disappeared. They don't really have any leads. So this is kind of what sets up the rest of the episode, basically until the end that there there's nothing to do. They're just kind of waiting till they have a lead. Um, Joaquin Torres is going to go do some research and find out. So everybody's kind of able to just do their own thing in this little period. So just to kind of preface that, obviously, with the episode, it explains it. But yes, this is why a lot of downtime happens in this episode. But even just the exchange between Sam and Torres, you know, Sam takes the shield and kind of leaves the area and, and Torres calls to him. He's like, hey, you know, you forgot your uh, your 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 wings. And he's like, Sam's like, you know what, keep them. And obviously, people that are big fans of the comics know that Joaquin Torres actually becomes the Falcon later on. So this is obviously setting up for yet another hero, whether this is part of the Young Avengers. We don't know quite yet, but hey, we, we looks like we got another hero to kind of hold that um, that mantle of the Falcon after Sam kind of takes it. But um, like you said, Sam takes himself off to Baltimore just to kind of get a perspective from isaiah bradley he now has the shield uh captain america shield and you know i guess he wants to learn a little bit more about what's going on here so hey nothing's wrong there but um he shows up in isaiah's backyard and isaiah obviously instantly knows what the shield is sam goes to you know take it out of its carrying case he's like 
hey, you don't need to do that. Those stars and stripes don't do nothing for me. It's like, you know, I don't want to see it. And it seems like this is a pivotal, this is a very pivotal moment for Sam because he's trying to essentially find out, does he want to truly take on this mantle of Captain America? So he talks to the only surviving black super soldier that's out there who was mistreated. He kind of wants to pick his brain a little bit, which I thought was phenomenal. So obviously Isaiah has very harsh feelings about America, American society, the government, all that. Um, As he showed. Rightfully so. I mean, this dude was given a serum, him and a group of, you know, other um, black militants of the, the Tuskegee Airmen, a bunch of them, the Red Tails, all given the serum. Um, he was the survivor of it. And, you know, there was they were to an active mission where he was going to save you know, a different, like a group, a, a, a group of prisoners of war. He had done it. He, you know, he, he got done saving some people. And, you know, the government, obviously, as we know, he explained it before, imprisoned him for 30 years. <laughs> you know, which they, is they did, wild. Which is crazy. Experimented on him, tried to find out why the serum worked in him. They couldn't quite figure it out. But he's, he dealt with a lot of mistreatment that they, and they basically, you know, Killed him off, quote unquote. Buried his story. Mm-hmm. Never wanted anything to deal with, hear from him again. He basically was, you know, a non-story. They didn't want this to get out that a black man had gotten a super soldier serum, survived, and you know, essentially should have been Captain America while Steve was on ice. So Sam is just really, you know, kind of taking this all in and being a little combative because obviously Steve is his friend. He's like, you know, you could have been like Steve. And he's like, nah, they trust me, I couldn't have been. No. He's like, he's like, you know, obviously Steve is the stereotypical, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, big muscles, all Can that. I just touch on that? Yes. So the the whole thing of the US defeating the Nazis was to kill the Nazi ideals. But have you noticed how those ideals match up perfectly with each other? But I digress yeah. at that point. I I, I think, you know, um that's enough on my galaxy brain there. We, we have enough on NBA Twitter. No, you're right. Yeah, the blonde hair, blue eyes, the great white hope is, you know, Isaiah said. Um, but obviously this, po- this whole conversation is really impactful because it really does explain the black plight in America. And just that, you know, no matter how good, uh, how much good a black person can do, at the end of the day, they can't be a symbol of a country that does not fully accept them. And, Anybody who's a doubter at this point that this series touches on race a lot, like you're you're the problem. You're part of the problem. Just can I touch on that? Yes. I've seen people legitimately say that the Marvel universe touches on race too much. Wow. Like how? How? It's been like it maybe like three projects that they've done. Yes. And this was the first time they actually like seriously dove into it. It's not too much. It's not, it's if anything, it's not enough, but I really do like how this series really shapes this piece because this is the this is a like I felt a lot of what he was saying. That obviously, once they go in the house, Isaiah explains a little bit more about his situation once he's in prison. Mm-hmm. And then there was a nurse that kind of helped him, you know, felt real bad for him with all the, the procedures they were running on him and all the experiments and basically killed him off, quote unquote. Um. And then, you know, he's, you know, he explains, you know, he really loved her and all this, you know, kind of gives that bit of a backstory. But the big line here at that end at all is, you know, obviously he talks about all his mistreatment, how America couldn't accept who he was as, you know, a black super soldier, essentially buried his story, killed him off, wanted nothing to deal with him. And then he explains that America would never accept 
that a black man could be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would take that mantle. I think that right there truly encapsulated a lot because it's like, damn, both sides are basically true. Like, you know, obviously yeah. we see the the microaggressions towards Sam, why the government was like, you know, it was a good idea that, you know, you, you turn this shield into us and immediately turn around and give it to yet another white right, military white man that, that they think upholds those standards. And I think the big thing in this entire series, especially for Sam, is him just trying to decide what's what's the big meaning here is it is what's the rep what does captain america and the shield truly represent is it the person or the ideals and that's his struggle because isaiah likens it more to the person specifically behind the shield and who steve rogers was a blonde hair blue-eyed white guy while sam is kind of looking at it differently as you're a symbol of hope peace freedom your color doesn't matter necessarily and i think that's the that's what he's really tussling with inside and obviously ultimately he makes the choice that you know he's going to keep it but i think his conversation with isaiah he sees the struggle but he knows that even through all that struggle he needs to still be that shining hope cuz one it could help inspire a bunch of people and even though he wasn't asked to take that mantle by the government he feels like if if all that fighting was done, the the pain and suffering of all these people would be for nothing if he was to not take this mantle and prove that it can be done. So bravo to this whole conversation. Bravo for Disney putting this in because I thought this conversation was phenomenal from beginning to end. But it just really shows that the, the struggle that Sam has been dealing with in, in, internally this entire series is that would America truly accept a black man being captain america we've seen it just commonly in the things that he was dealing with his life at the bank you know we saw that issue you know these types of things these microaggressions the the slick racism the racial profiling all that the 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 first time they went to baltimore the confrontation with the police officers like if he's getting if he's dealing with stuff like that how could they accept that guy's that same dude being captain america so hey man i really enjoyed this scene and it really did touch you know, me, especially again, being a black American, it's, it's crazy to really, so I always kind of felt this is what Sam was feeling, but to actually hear it and hear Isaiah's side and then kind of hear how Sam's like relating to it. It was awesome, man. I, I love this piece. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly with you. I thought this was by far the most important part of the episode for me on a personal level. Right. I think it's, I think it's really important that we get this discourse um, I think it's really important that Disney continues to, um, especially through the Marvel Universe, they can absolutely push equality and stuff because in, reali- in reality, that's that's all that's wanted in these superhero worlds, right, is equality, and that's what these superheroes fight for. So I'm, I'm wholeheartedly with you. I think Isaiah Bradley was a great addition to this whole Falcon and the Winter Soldier thing. It adds a wrinkle that I don't think many of us expected. Um, I wouldn't say many of us. The, the non-comic book fans didn't know what to expect with Isaiah Bradley, right? Because they, they, in reality, you have no idea who Isaiah Bradley is unless you've read the comics, right? So it's 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 an important it's an important topic just on multiple levels. Seeing Sam realize, however, that you know even though everything Isaiah said was true, a hundred percent is right, like everything it's still super important 
for the progression of America in this Marvel universe to have a black America, Captain America. So kudos, kudos, kudos to this scene in general. Um, I thought it was great. And to see Sam, he got emotional. Like you could tell on his face, he was emotional about it. He felt that plight. You know, we make fun of Anthony Mackie, you know, because I, I can't take the dude seriously sometimes. <laughs> I agree. But he acted this to, to perfection. It was really, really, really well done. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to touch on it more, but like I think I think that was great. And you know, we obviously get that part where Sam rings Sarah afterwards and is like, you know what? I'm coming home. You know, that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know if I can give a proper like analysis of this scene. You you guys are in obviously if you're watching this, you've seen it. But man, the this is a very powerful scene in just, you know, the, how America is. I mean, at first, Sam kind of thinks, like, you know, what you're dealing with, Isaiah, is that's the old America. And Isaiah's like, old America, new America. It's all same the same. He's like, you think something changed? You think it's different? He's like, it, it's not any different. It was the same for me that back then. It'd be the same it is for me right now. He's like, there's no difference here. He's like, you're dealing with the same thing. And that's the biggest thing here, you know. While people think that we made such huge strides towards equality, the steps are so microscopic. It it the only thing that can't happen is like literally like public lynchings. They just find different ways to do the same thing. However, in some states, exactly. But this is where it becomes like you know, like Isaiah said when they came, when him and his you know military guys came back home from literally fighting a war, they're finding burned crosses in their yards, like. These guys literally put their lives on the line to defend the country, and the people back home are treating them like garbage. So, you know, this and this is a very important scene for many reasons, and we already touched on it, but I think everybody just needs to really watch this scene. Um, it really does explain the, the the plight of Black America and seeing Sam, who ha who's literally being presented with an opportunity to be the the symbol of America, the symbol of freedom, the symbol of hope. And obviously, wh why there hasn't been a black Captain America before, and there literally could have been. It just helps culminate so many things. But yeah, like you said, Sam's next part is where you know he calls his sister up, says he's coming home, and they decide to work on the boat. Um, I mean, I guess we can kind of you, you just want to continue down the Sam pathway, and then we'll dive. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it that we can do it then that that way. All but right. before you know, obviously there will there will be a part on Bucky. But so before we get onto Bucky, we'll. We'll absolutely just diverge to his path before we you know we, we round the, the whole thing off. So continue with the Sam path, as, yeah, as, so, we like, as we're calling it. Yeah, so obviously, you know, he's back at home with his family, and, you know, he's kind of just talking about, he's kind of talking with his sister about, you know, now that he's grounded, essentially, because the, the government is taking over the, the flag smashers portion, he's just back home, and they kind of revisit the boat. And the sisters, you know, still keeping their stance. You know, we just got to sell the boat. Sam's like, look, our parents did a lot for the community. There's probably a lot of people that would that would give us a favor to. Let me call mostly. Calls them up. Basically, it seems like he gets the whole damn town to help out, which is great. So they kind of start a project to kind of fix the boat. Um, and this is kind of where Bucky comes back in. We'll touch on his piece a little bit later. But Bucky comes in to essentially drop off a suitcase uh -huh. that he gets from the Wakandans. And he called in a favor. 
Uh, I think a lot of us knew, kind of knew what it was based on earlier events of the story, but mm-hmm. um, he he shows up, he's like, you know what, just sign for it and I'll leave. And, you know, kind of tried, tried to kind of keep the, you know, hey, we're not really friends, we just had a common goal. It was, so. it, it was funny, though. I enjoyed yeah, that. It was, but it was very, you know, hey, I'm just here to do this, and I'm, I'm a bounce, don't worry. Um, but he said it. He said it in a way to, to try and get Sam to ask him to stay. Right? Exactly. He wanted to stay. Yeah. So obviously, you know, they kind of stick around. Obviously, we see <laughs> Bucky kind of flirting with Sam's sister, <laughs> uh, which was which was hilarious. You know, I, I as soon as you know, she he's was like, flirting back. Yeah, she was feeling a little bit too. So she hey. likes to sell some white chocolate. Hey. Hey, it is what it is, man. And like I said, <laughs> Bucky spent a lot of time in Wakanda. He's, he, he likes his coffee black, clearly, but you know, <laughs> I digress. But yeah. So obviously, you know, they're just trying to fix the boat and they have the whole family there. Obviously, Bucky has superhuman strength and seemingly a lot of knowledge with mechanics. So, you know, this whole piece right here just really helps culminate and develop the relationship of Sam and Bucky from just being like a quote-unquote work relationship to them actually being friends, getting along with each other. And Bucky helping Sam with something that he really had didn't have to help him with just shows, you know, he cares about him more than just the surface level. Like, this is something that he's been dealing with on the side at home that's away from all the superhero business, and Bucky was able to come down and help him out with that. So I thought that was huge. I love the chemistry with these guys. And it really does open up this this camar- this yeah this tandem of these two that we had we knew that we were going to get in this series obviously we didn't get it as quickly as we did obviously we saw flashes of it here and there you know but it's usually used as like a comic relief trope of you know their banter back and forth but i loved all this just because it really helped grow this relationship and really showed that these two actually really do like each other and obviously they were united by initial common friend steve who is no longer there but to see that you know their relationship fester beyond that is beautiful i mean i don't know how you felt but i really love that they that they're building more and more chemistry that i hope lasts long beyond this series definitely and i don't know about you but i just get this feeling that the falcon and winter soldier i don't think this will be the only season of it right i, I think i think we will get more of it it'll be but, i i think we will be retitled though because they won't yeah. be the falcon and winter soldier anymore but i think it'll just be a continuation right it'll just be a continuation of this so which we'll we, which we'll absolutely get to in the dead period between the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, which I'm so excited for. Sidebar, um, <laughs> so much great stuff coming this year. I'm so I'm honestly so excited. Um, but yeah, like I think I, I love this whole scene. I love how wholesome it was, right? Because you you, you see by the amount of people that that helped Sam. That he came from a really good family. And again, that's really important for the whole stereotype thing, right? Especially in America. Two-parent household. Two-parent household, strong black figureheads who helps everyone in their neighborhood. Yeah. Right? How many times do we get the opposite? All the time. Single-parent household, deadbeat father, mom working nine jobs, too many kids. You're right. This definitely... Yeah. I agree with you, which was great for them to make their parents seem like they were or show, portray their parents as these great people that just helped everybody they could. Exactly. And, and I think that's so important to do as well, right? I think mm-hmm. it is really important to, to, to be able to zone in on something like this. So just looking at it from that aspect, I thought this was a really, really good scene because there's no way that many people help you 
on a project like this unless the parents of them kids were really really good people so shout out to the marvel guys for that i think that was really 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 important um yeah. on the whole bucky thing i i think we finally got to see what bucky was like pre world war ii right i think some of that knowledge yeah. came from you know his past life and you can see that bucky's sort of adjusting to being just james barnes again right yeah he's just being himself yeah and i think that's really cool as well because we've never seen this side of bucky before and you know we've touched on it in previous episodes talking about the falcon and winter soldier it was too but it's 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 important to see this because i think i think there's a lot of development that we can do with bucky and sam and the whole story between the two and like you said them becoming friends this fast i think it's not fast but like admitting basically finally that they're friends i think was great i think this it really really added a nice wrinkle here yeah i agree with you 100 percent because up to this point i don't know how you felt but i've always felt like bucky just felt uncomfortable like yeah. in every scene where he literally wasn't the winter soldier or in combat it just felt awkward and he felt like he was out of place this was the first scene where he felt like it, it it seemed to me like he felt truly comfortable outside of obviously wakanda but we didn't really get a lot of him in wakanda we saw him for like 20 seconds there mm-hmm. but this is the first scene in this series and even previous movies that he's been where he has like a big piece of is that he felt normal, comfortable in this era, in this, in this place, which was great. And to see that develop in his character alone, both characters are, and that's what I, and that was kind of the point that I made when I think that this, this will get another season, but it'll have a different tagline Mm because they're both kind of pulling away from their former aliases. Sam's pulling away from being the Falcon to the new Captain America, and Bucky's pulling away from being the Winter Soldier to, shit, I don't know, the White Wolf. Maybe that's what he'll go by. Who knows? But he's pulling, they're pulling away from their old names into something completely new. But like you said, man, I really do enjoy how these guys have opened up and grown. I mean, we've kind of always known, we've gotten a bit more of Sam's backstory, but to see Bucky thrown into this piece and kind of build his own character and become this guy who seems like he's adapting to the era and learning how to live in this time has been great. I've I've been a fan of it this entire time, so yeah, I mean, I guess we could move, uh, before we get on the final Sam and Bucky scene, let's, let's cut to Bucky, so I'll let you 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 talk about the 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 confrontation between Bucky and Baron Zemo and, Soko- and Sokovia. First of all, Zemo is great. I love him. Yeah, it's been great this whole time. Guys just got one liners for days. <laughs> he's great. I'm telling you, dude's so wise and just has he he's been great. I could listen to writing. him. I could listen to him monologue all day. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, so you know. He's in Zoko- Sokovia looking at the, um, it looks like a memorial, right? Yeah, I think it's what he talked about earlier. Yeah. Asked, but they'd seen it. So Bucky, I think, you know, knows that he was going to be there, but I think Bucky does it as a sign of respect to Zemo as well, you know. Mm-hmm. All kidding aside, you know. No, that's just a sign to Bucky that, you know, he respects Zemo for helping him, even though his motives may be, a little bit off, which you know, they are absolutely like you know, let's not kill people. Helmet, like, calm down a little bit, mate. Right. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this, and it gets to the point where Zemo says, 
I could have killed you if I wanted to, which I find laughable. You know, the confidence of that guy is astounding, right? Like, right. it's so great. But this whole discourse I thought was really, really phenomenal again. Like, between these two, I think there's a really good chemistry. And it shows that Zemo isn't a bad guy, right? He was just led by his emotions in the heat of a moment where he lost his family. And again, ev- I think everyone can relate with that. Yeah. So I think it was a really important scene. And obviously Bucky gets him on his knees and Zemo thinks that, you know, it's it's done now. He's about to be killed. And, you know, Bucky pulls the whole Russian roulette thing where he pulled out all the all the bullets. And, you know, we just heard a trigger go. And I thought that scene was incredibly powerful too, which was another sign, I think, of respect. And I think this was the whole overarching, um, I don't know what you think, but I think this was the whole overarching um, feeling between the two. You know, stuff's happened in the past, but they absolutely respect one another. And because of everything that they've been through, they respect each other even more, which I love. I think this was absolutely great, great, great. Yeah, no, you're right. Especially with, um, I think the point of you saying Baron's not necessarily, or Zemo's not necessarily a bad guy. And I think that's, or he's not necessarily, he's not like pure evil. And that's the great thing that Marvel's done. We talked about this many times, that they humanize their villains. I don't even think, sorry to interrupt, Quan, but I don't even think he's a villain. Yeah. I I don't have him as a villain. I just think, so if we're going to, I don't know. I think he's a tweener, right? I think he, he did some stupid villainous stuff, which we you know we saw in Civil War. But I wouldn't have class him as a villain. I just think he was a guy who lost his mental state because his family died, and yeah. and then then he lost his home and basically lost his entire way of life in a few hours. And I think that's the big thing that Marvel does. But I think that's the big thing that also separates the heroes and the bad guys in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that all of these people have experienced loss in one way or another. It's the heroes that choose to continue on the righteous path to continue to save people, to continue to help people. And it's the villains that get a little bit radicalized and do, you know, the revenge and the avenging that becomes and makes that separates them. They've all experienced loss and they all have a different ideal that they think is important but it's how they go about those things that separates the heroes and the villains. So that's a great point you made. And Marvel does a great job of making the line between a hero and a villain a very, very thin line. A very thin line. I mean, like you said, what was the last bad guy that that we felt was a truly bad guy? It's been so long since we've had a villain appear in Marvel that we were like, that dude is just pure evil. Besides Hayward. like dickheads like Hayward and, you know, fuckface John Walker. But... <laughs> There's not there's not a ton of them where it's like this dude's just pure evil, like no good motives, nothing good about them. Aldrich Killian. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we got a couple of there. But that's, but that's a long time ago. Yeah. But like, for what? the most part, all modern villains have had a point of sympathy to them, which again, great on Marvel, but the whole the whole scene with Baron Zebo, like you said, you could definitely see that. Bucky and Zemo definitely have respect for each other. And while Zemo does hate the super soldiers, doesn't mess with them, he understands Bucky. He gets Bucky. And Bucky knows, and he feels like he, you know, obviously they've been through a lot. And, you know, 
obviously, you know, there's a big story behind. They had their own backstory, but that the whole point of them and this relationship kind of coming to this now, well, could be temporary conclusion is, I think, very fitting. You know, they both kind of walk off with, with a deeper respect for each other than they may have previously had. We saw they were able to work together perfectly fine. Um, but Zemo's inclusion in this series was phenomenal, and I was truly glad to see his reappearance. You know, I'd hope to see him again. I don't know if he's ever going to get off the damn raft, but, you know, <laughs> for the most part, I, I'd be I'd be very happy to see Zemo appear again. But obviously the Wakandans have a, a different plan for him. And, and I think that's a beautiful segue because obviously, you know, the, the fake shooting of Zemo led to the Dora Milaje popping out power nowhere again, you know, as they always do. Beautiful. <laughs> it's like you don't even expect them to be there on the right there. And, you know, they, they take him away on the, one of their Wakandan spaceships, which always look phenomenal, right? Right. Like, yeah. They're all pilots and fighters and trained assassins. But, you know, they also have a bit of humanity around them being a Dora Milaje, which I, I love. I think it's so, so good. Then yeah. Io turns around to Bucky and says, you know, it might be the best thing for you to just stay away from Wakanda for now, White Wolf. Which, you know, again, like we talked about, you know, her calling him James, uh, you know, last week, which was, you know, a sign of disrespect towards him. And then calling him White Wolf again, you know, brings him back to being, okay, we're cool if you again just you know we need you we need time away from you for now and yeah i love this scene as well this little this ending to the scene i thought this was great i, I, I really really did what did you think yeah i agree with everything you said obviously you can tell io was kind of reinvigorated her respect for him i mean albeit while i was lost very temporarily just because he was aiding zemo and kind of stopping them from it was more heat of the him. moment right yes it, it, it was emotions got involved and i yeah. think that, that's the biggest thing between i and bucky there is emotions there and you can tell whether it's friends or otherwise there's still emotions there yeah i mean obviously they have a deep connection especially him with her because you know she essentially rid the Winter Soldier command out of his head, which is, you know, a huge thing for him because that helped him move on from who he was to who he is now. And obviously, you know, they had their little issue because they were trying to accomplish something and the Dora Milaje were trying to accomplish something. And those two things butt heads and they had their little spat. But again, it it came full circle and, you know, everything was good. But she did get in the point that, you know, which obviously I'm sure – Wakanda knew that, you know, Zemo was free. They knew Bucky was aiding him. And they're like, you know what? It's probably good for a little bit. You, you, you lay a little low, which we like you, but yeah. we just need you to stay away from him. Yeah, just for a little bit. Let's let this blow over. Let it, let it get known that he's been captured again after murdering our king. So let's just chill a little bit. And, you know, at some point you'll you'll be able to be good. But he said, fair Black enough. Comfort too. Right. Sorry. I, I, I agree. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously he, right before... Io and the Dora Milaje leave, he asks for a favor, which we he he ends up giving to Sam as we all speculate his new suit. Shout out to the Wakandans again for being, you know, the technological sponsors for everybody since Tony Stark is no longer there to do it. But great scene. You know, the, the Zemo closure um, was fantastic. The Dora Milaje closure in this portion was great. Always good to see, you know, the Wakandans pop in. Um, but yeah, obviously it sets them up for. The, it's they, never they a spoiled sight, is it? 
Yes. You know, Wakandans. Oh, you love it. Every time they appear, it's fantastic. And obviously, you know, they're going to be the 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 givers of Sam's suit. So great scene overall for me with Bucky. Um that kind of wraps up essentially to the end where Sam and Bucky rejoin it, you know, with their with the shield training. But let's touch on John Walker now, why don't we? Let's, oh man. I got quite a bit. I got I got an interesting point that I want to talk about Shoot. this one. Shoot from so, the hip, my friend. So we got John Walker, obviously. Um, his scene kind of starts with his first appearance after, you know, getting his ass throttled by our boys Bucky and Sam. And, you know, he's getting Indeed. out of a, a motorcade with his wife. And, you know, he's essentially standing trial for his crimes. Um, basically, you know, in true American white people fashion, he, he just gets a little slap on the wrist. Nothing severe. You know, crazy, right? Who would have thought? Um, even to the point where he's able to argue his prosecutors the senators um he's able to walk out while they're still kind of sentencing him and you know just kind of ignores everything they say just keeps talking about i'm captain america so there's a bit i want to unpack here just to touch on that yes he got more leverage walking out on the senators than natasha did yeah you remember that yeah that's that's what that's what that led me back to because we've seen that Mm -hmm. natasha got roasted for defending people yeah, but it was wild. But yeah, the continue. White, the, the white, the stereotypical white man. So this is where this this is one big thing that I want to unpack here is when the the senator is kind of giving John his his, his sentence and you know explaining you know um you're retired of the rank of Captain America in retirement you will hold no military rank you won't have any benefits all that John is kind of like talking you know. Under over him, under him, how from whatever perspective you are, he's talking about. You know, you made me this way. You know, I followed your jurisdictions. I did what I was supposed to do. I'm following your orders. I live my life by your mandates. And when you think about it, he's not wrong. By the American mandates, he's doing exactly what America's always been doing. The only problem is he got caught on camera. Which is crazy. And that's just that goes to talk a lot about the American societies that, you know. Who John Walker is in this series is exactly who America is. And I think that's the big theme. They just hated seeing it. They hated seeing it. They hated seeing it and got caught. But what everything he did embodies exactly what America has historically done. You know, you wrong one of ours, we're gonna find yours and kill yours too. It's the same, even how he acted, the way he's been, all the things that he did military-wise, like he knows. I mean, prior to taking the ceremony, talk to Lamar. The stuff he was doing, he was awarded medals of honor, and he said to to Lamar himself that that stuff didn't feel great doing. No, but that's the that's what America has done historically. Our perception of right is never the perception of right to everybody else. No, but it only matters of our perception. So I really enjoyed that he kept turning it and putting it on weight. You guys are condemning me for this, but this is what we do. This is us. Yeah. This is who we are. I thought that was a crazy piece right there. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm galaxy braining it. But that's how I read between the lines in that whole scene. How'd you feel I'm, about I'm, it? I'm very, I'm very much the same as you when it pertains to that scene. It was very much a, you know, we only, we only um, care about stuff like that when we see it, you know, in the mirror. But when when it when we can't see it openly, then we just act like it's the norm, right? And yeah, I thought that was really really powerful stuff, man. I really really did. And you know, I just 
I still hate John Walker, yeah. but like it just puts the the senators who were in charge of him on that same level of hate, right? Yeah. Jackass is that the John Walker is, you know, the, the senators are just as bad, right? In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, he's just a product of what America built him to be. Precisely. The second thing here that I want to unpack with this whole thing is, again, how I talked about, essentially for killing a man in the public eye, he kind of just got off with nothing. He didn't get off with the, he didn't get a murder charge. He only got demoted from his rank. That is probably the freest sentence you could possibly get for murdering somebody case in cold blood on camera in a foreign country just like that. Meanwhile, on the flip side, we have Isaiah Bradley, who was in prison for 30 years for saving prisoners of war. Already, there's a huge dynamic there. This even goes to modern day. Now, I'm being a little radical here. Might shake some of y'all, but it needs to be said. Black people here, it's difficult for black people to survive routine traffic stops. Wild. While white people can go on mass murders, start mass murdering people, just shooting people up. Yet they can get apprehended peacefully every time. And even the media's portrayal, when black people are killed, we're digging up a, a you know a teenage Facebook photo where they flashed a gun in their profile picture. But then we do the white person who literally mass murdered people, and it's a picture of them at a daycare giving kids lunches. The dynamics yeah. of how the media tries to portray white criminals and black criminals is starkly different. And we see it here. John Walker literally murdered a dude in cold blood in a foreign country as supposedly the symbol of America. And all he got was stripped of his title and he's not getting no military benefits in his retirement. Isaiah Bradley saves prisoners of war. He gets in prison for 30 years, experimented on, and then killed off and hid in the public eye. Crazy stuff, if you ask me. But again, that's what that's that's America. It is. It is. It's, it's, uh, this whole thing between John Walker and the senators and the struggle with Sam is a dichotomy of America, right? It's a perfect microcosm. It it beautifully, beautifully just illustrates the issues America still has to this day. You know, so really well put. And then obviously. With John Walker, we get the big cameo of this episode slash series, right? In this part. And I'll let you touch on that as well because this is interesting. Sorry, I'll be honest. You like froze for like 10 seconds. So I missed everything you just said. No worries. So, like you said, it's a perfect dichotomy and it's a perfect microcosm of what happens in America, right? Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, um, I, I think this was needing to be said, right? Because yeah. how many TV shows go into this amount of depth when yeah. it pertains to an issue like this, right? It, it's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, so obviously once John walks out of court, you know, he's sitting there with his wife and obviously he's talking about, you know, I did what I did the right thing. I, I had to avenge Lamar's death. And then who shows up? But damn, I don't even remember. What's her full name? Do you, do you want me to read it off for you? Yeah, read it off for me, just so I don't get butchering the the the, the listeners murder me in the comments. Drum roll, please. Oh, oh yeah. There we go. We we got it. We got it. We got it. He's continuing. We're building. We're building. We're building. We're building anticipation here on Blipson today, ladies and gentlemen. 
And we are almost. How, how long? How long do we keep them like this? Oh man, and we are here. So we can call her many different things. Her full name is Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yes, or she said, "Call me Val," but she said, "Don't call me Val." Call it in your head. Yeah, call me that in your head, but don't call me that. A little interesting, but obviously. As if comic comic book readers, you guys know, she goes by the alias Madam Hydra. So this is her grand appearance in the MCU. Many implications there of, you know, where this can go. But obviously, you know, she kind of <laughs> takes a seat in between John Walker and his wife, which John Walker didn't defend her at all, which I thought was a little no. odd. I mean, obviously, she seems like a woman of color. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty damn sure she is. Um and again, you if know, nothing else, an, an immigrant at the very least. At the very least. But as she's talking with John, she, it's funny because she hands her, his wife, you know, a card and, you know, continues to talk to John. And obviously, John kind of gets very keyed in on what she's saying as he she talks about, you know, we can use a per, you know, we can use a person with your services, you know. Um, make sure when I give you a call, you answer, you know, that'd be the best thing for you. And, you know, don't worry about the shield. I know you don't have it because, but Hey, don't worry about it because by, you know, legal standards, America doesn't own the shield. It's a legal gray area, but she obviously seems to be hinting at something. Not quite sure what it could be. Could it be assembly of, you know, if you're a comic book guy, the Thunderbolts, could it be, you know, she works for the power broker. What could it be here that, her role is moving forward. But obviously, she's taken an interest to John Walker, you know, kind of, you know, um, kind of reaffirms his point of taking the serum and saying, you know, it was the right thing to do, you know, it, it's perfect, but we can use a person of your services. And, you know, like I said, she tells him, you know, just make sure what I call you pick up. Kind of leaves, you know, John's wife gives him the car and he's like, it's blank, <laughs> you know, weird. But how'd you feel about her? This, this cameo that seemed to have been missing because it sounds like she appears in a different series that was supposed to, or she appears in the black widow movie that was supposed to come out before this originally. Mm -hmm. But how'd you feel about this scene? And what do you think this could possibly mean moving forward? It's perfect. It's the best way to introduce her. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think if I say anything less than that, I think it's a disservice to Madam Hydra, right? Yeah. Because like we talked about, you know, with the whole Earthbound stuff, Hydra's the perfect foil for the whole Earthbound superheroes, right? Yeah. And like we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, you know, in the MCU itself, there's many iterations of Hydra. It's just they have one goal, which is global supremacy, right? Yeah. So, you know... I, I love this scene. I thought it was great. Um, like I said, I feel like it leaves a lot. For some people, it might leave a lot to be desired because they haven't seen the Black Widow. But as you know, comic book guys, you know, guys who love the Marvel series for what it is, I loved it because I think Madam Hydra and adds a whole new wrinkle to this whole yeah. MCU that we didn't really think about before. Which you know, in hindsight. It should have been quite obvious that you know that was the direction they were going, just purely from the fact that hey, that's such a big character in the comic books and Hydra in general yeah. being such a big foil in basically almost everything Earthbound. Yeah, you know, so I loved it. 
you know, John Walker being allied with Hydra in the future makes complete sense as well. Because tell me about it. Supremacist ideals. He took the serum. And also, he gives off major Grant Ward vibes to me as well. Yeah. Does, does, does John Walker. Shout out to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Still the greatest TV show that the, the, the Marvel Universe has ever had. Um, but, you know, I digress there. Um, yeah, I think this was really, really good stuff, man. And and they didn't, it wasn't overkill either. It was like a couple of minutes and then she yeah. was done. Yeah, it was maybe like it was three, great. Three, three, four minutes scene wasn't long at all. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, so then we move on to um, John Walker talking with Lamar's family. And this is just mind boggling to me. This dude is lying on this man's name. This dude did not truly honor his death, but maybe this is what will drive him, in all honesty. Because even though. I think he believes it, though. He, he might he, it might be him just being a psychopath believing it or because he knows he didn't truly avenge him it's going to continue to drive him deeper into madness mm-hmm. and he's going to feel like he needs to get carly no matter yes. what like that's like going to be his goal because he basically told everybody he killed he avenged lamar's death but he's literally lying to this man's family his mom you know is you know talking about how lamar was so proud of him and you know Really loved him as his best friend. Was so excited that he became Captain America. And I think you see on John for me is that uh, a sense of like extreme disappointment that he let himself down. He kind of let the the title of Captain America down, and he let Lamar down because yes. he didn't protect Lamar. He didn't. He 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 kind of he got his ass beat for like twenty million time in the series. He just hasn't been able to gain a footing of what Captain America is but he doesn't think it's his fault he thinks it's somebody somebody else's problem but That's this, yeah but this scene was incredibly powerful to me because it just it just keeps showing that john is continuing to descend deeper and deeper into madness and he will lie do whatever and his sister in this scene kept giving him a couple side eyes to me that didn't quite seem what happened but even his dad asked john you know lamar's dad was like so you, th- that guy that's the guy who killed our boy and he's like yep and you know it just, and we all know for a fact, and we know it wasn't. So that part is, I think, I, in my opinion, I assume John not getting the to truly avenge Lamar will continue to descend him deeper and deeper into madness. Um, because, like I said, his mom was basically talking up how much Lamar loved this guy. You know, and you know, she's like, I'm sure my baby's resting easy, knowing that you know his, you know his 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 killer met, you know, got his justice. But that's not what actually happened. So, man, what a scene here. John Walker just, to be able to lie about that, you got to be a different type of person. To be able to lie to someone's parents, like, you have to be a legit lunatic to be able to lie about what happened. And, man, I don't know how you felt, but this scene just, this, this, this is a wild scene for me to see. Wild scene. I agree. I agree. And like you said, you might you might have missed the little side eye that Lamar's sister was giving John, but it was there. It was very much there. Like she 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 realized that not everything is as it seems with John Walker. As from that little you know um, confrontation, not confrontation, but the little conversation he had with you know with their parents, and it just makes me think that Lamar was a good guy who John Walker took advantage of, right? Because yeah. he looked up to John, so you know. It was it was a really interesting little wrinkle that wasn't it. So yeah, 
uh, and just shows how much of a psycho John Walker actually is. And then even as he leaves, you notice as he walks out on the street, he looks at a poster that you know it says John Walker cap is back. The, the, the yes. posters we saw all through episode two. And you know, he looks at it. And I think at that point, that's where he continues to think, well, I'm I'm, I'm Captain America like. What you, like this is this is who I am. Still the delusions that yes, yes. the delusion that he's still Captain America is just kind of re-sparked right there. And even though he's been stripped of his title, he can't seem to come to grips to it because he thinks he embodied everything America did, and he thinks that he's this righteous human being, even though we've seen in many instances he is nothing like Steve Rogers. Obviously, no. Steve Rogers is, you know presumed to be the perfect human being within the MCU, the perfect human. Yes. John is a very, very far piece, but I think he's, while, while Steve, in my opinion, Steve encapsulates what America, a, a utopian America would be. Yes. That's what he embodies. John Walker embodies what America actually is, which is a lot of dark, a lot of wild, a lot of off-the-grid business, even though they, we always think we're doing the right thing, as John Walker always thinks he's doing the right thing, he's often not, and he's often on a line. But, man, crazy, crazy stuff. But that kind of wraps up, essentially, John Walker's pieces, except until the end credit scene. Shout out to Marvel for hitting us with one of those. But, yeah, he kind of walks off and just kind of reaffirms that, you know, he thinks Cap is back. Um, we do get a quick glimpse of Sharon. Sharon talking is to talking to a a very um familiar gentleman for us in the MCU. Yeah, our our, our French kick flipper. <laughs> yes. Or or in or in the or in the real world, the greatest MMA fighter ever. Yeah. You know, George Saint Pierre. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. But it sounds like better you know, actor than The Rock. Man, so every every fighting, every martial artist Am I wrong? that uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong but seems like and this is what's interesting to me and this is what's something I mean that I probably should have touched on this at the end of the episode but I just feel like to me there's a lot there's still so much to unpack about this series because we still don't really know about Sharon we still could don't she know be the power broker could, that's what I'm that's maybe that's kind of where I'm feeling that's where I'm leaning right now. but I'm not sure but that's kind of what I'm feeling I, I and I'm not sure because she knew too much about everything she right? was too connected with everyone I that's understand Madra pause this like place of connections right especially for the underworld but she, it was it was too much right she yes. knew exactly where everyone was at the right at the right time how does she have access to a satellite like all that it's too much to me. That's where I'm leading right now. Yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of where I've been sitting as well. So I don't know, but that that's the big thing that I'm curious about is who who she is. Um, sorry, because um, she said she paid the truck, didn't she? Yes, she said she pay him what triple this time or whatever. Yes, which is but and and what and then. What what does he do when he shows up? He said he's just here to kill the Falcon. So, did Sharon pay for him to kill the Falcon? That's what. That's where that I'm. His... That's where I'm leaning. It's wild. So this, this whole thing with Sharon's taking a, a 
a direction that I didn't think it would take, right? Like that's what that's my biggest. It started to look like she's a little shadier than we thought, man. But so we'll see between her and Baytrock what the fuck happens. Because I don't had no idea, but I assume we'll find out in the next episode. In all, I think so as well. But so I don't want to speculate on it too much. Apart from, I just think she's a power broker. That's kind of what I think. And I think she wanted a super soldier serum because obviously. You know, her being the um, niece of Peggy Carter, that was unfinished business for that family, right? Yeah. Just Or S.H.I.E.L.D. in general, mm-hmm. because they got Steve and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense for her to be the power broker, actually. Yeah. Like, absolutely perfect sense. Yeah, like, for me, she can say whatever she wants about living in Madripoor. She seems to have too many connections. She seems to have too many things that just don't add up. That how could she have gotten all these resources, money, all this in such a fast fashion if she's not either A, working for the power broker, or B, actually the power broker. But like you said, we don't need to speculate on too much because we don't want to become theorists as we did with WandaVision. But. Yeah, we, 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 so FYI, guys, we will absolutely go back to being theorists for Loki. Oh, yeah. Just, That's more of a theory-driven but, series, I would say. But for this, we're just trying to enjoy it, as the, as we said multiple times so far. We're just trying to enjoy this as it goes and trying to give you our thoughts and our breakdown on what's actually happened instead of theorizing what comes next for all the people out there who are attacking us for theories. Right. So, But yeah, so then we kind of move on to, I guess, the second to last portion of the this the episode where we have Sam and Bucky training with the shield so sam's in obviously this is like a louisiana neighborhood you know there's trees like a property trees with like you know pads tied to them and you know they're just bouncing the shield off him sam's trying to you know obviously get used to the shield get comfortable with it hasn't had much time with it essentially he got it gave it away and you know now he's kind of back which kind of reaffirms the decision that yeah, he's going to take on this Captain America mantle. And there's a great dialogue with Bucky, which I saw on on, on the, the Twitter sphere. There's a group of people who think this is like the worst piece of dialogue they've ever seen in which like, wild cinema. But again, it's the people that are just in denial about the, the true magnitude of this series and what it means beyond just the, 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 front, the forward standing camera. But obviously, they're going back and forth and Bucky actually apologizes to Sam for not taking his feelings into consideration about being a black man holding that shield. And he's like, you know, I don't think Steve really necessarily thought about that too. He, but he knew the person inside, but he's like for Bucky, he didn't take any of that into consideration. He was only thinking about what the shield meant to him. It was essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the last oh, part of Steve. Left. Exactly. It's the last part of Steve that survives. He, I mean, Bucky has no family. You know, he's 94 years old or whatever. So his whole family's kaput. Steve is now gone. He's basically a man not completely out of time. The last piece that sits to remind him of his old life is that shield. So he could think of nothing more than the shield needs to be honored in exactly the way Steve wanted it to be honored, which was to give it to Sam. But he does apologize for kind of being... um negligent to his feelings and you know doning the shield as a black man being identified as captain america and you know sam agrees to they have a little bit of a heart to heart about obviously letting go of the person who they think they're supposed or who letting go of the idea of someone else telling them who they need to be 
So obviously, Bucky's the Winter Soldier, but that's not necessarily a piece of him that he can no. necessarily just delete. It's going to be there, but he needs to, if he wants to get over that piece, he has to do the right things. And instead yes. of, you know, being of service to the people he's wrong, he just feels like he's avenging, you know, himself almost. So he's yes. trying to kind of get away from all that. And, you know, Sam actually gives him very good advice. And obviously Sam's explained that, you know, he's worked with veterans and whatnot to help mm-hmm. them pass trauma. He even saw with Carly. He's very good at being able to, you know, put logic to a situation and, and relate some of the keys and relate to people to, you know, better themselves and kind of give them a different perspective than the way they've been looking about a specific situation. This being one of them. Um, and Bucky kind of understands, you know, he's like, you know, I'm sure there's somebody in that book that you could do that to, you know. Yes. Bucky's like, you know, there's probably a dozen. Sam's like, you know what, that's cool. Just start with one. Start with one, go from there. But these two really have a great heart-to-heart. And this is where, again, I speculate that these that a lot, this series and its conclusion, it's two guys that are moving away from their previous titles into new people almost. Yes. You know, Bucky's going to essentially rid himself of the Winter Soldier title, persona. He's still James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, but he's no longer the Winter Soldier. Sam will move from no longer being the Falcon to being Captain America. So I really did like this scene. I thought it was great. Again, it's two friends that that were able to have an honest conversation with each other. One that was able to admit his wrongdoing and one Mm -hmm. that was able to give some tough love but some good advice to help a friend move on from kind of where he's been stuck. And I love this piece. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know how anybody can say it was anything other than spectacular to kind of bring these two guys up to a four. But yes, again. But this was great to just bring these two characters to the forefront and really kind of solidify their bond, man. So I don't know how you felt, but I thought this scene was truly Oops, amazing. Same, same, amazing. Loved it, you know. So yeah, man. It, I, I don't, I don't feel like I need to add anything to what you said. I think you just hit the nail on the head so superbly with that. And Appreciate also, that. Fuck, fuck, fuck all you guys who call this a word. Like, there's worse films than this, guys ever in cinema history like i will thousands do i I have to find do i have to find you a list like what what the hell are we doing here like yeah so obviously you know then it kind of goes back to there's a quick mod there's a quick um take back where sam is getting getting ready to kind of paint over his parents name on the boat yes you know sister stops and was like we can't sell the boat you know this is our family history we need to do what we need to do and sam's like i don't know how glad how how glad that makes me feel that you're ready to do this and then obviously he touches on the point where you know he talks to his sister and kind of reaffirms yet again that he's going to take on this captain america mantle and explains that through all the suffering isaiah went through all the suffering that our people have gone through you know we got to be the positive light and continue fighting through it. And that's a, a thing that I think he really got from his parents. Cause it seems like his parents were such selfish people that helped whoever, whenever, and obviously the whole neighborhood loved and long beyond their passing, were willing to come help something that they established. And Sam seems like he wants to be that same kind of person that wants to be the shining light in darkness and be able to mm-hmm. continue to push this, this title, this mantle forward, even if, there'll be a lot of doubters and people that don't want him in that spot. He's going to take it and persevere it and carry it somewhere it's never gone before. 
So we kind of has that discussion with Sarah, and then we go into you know the classic training montage where you know he starts getting ready, getting used to the shield, throwing it off the the trees and other things. And at first, he's not very good with it; can't catch it, no. none of that. But you know, he's doing workouts, running along, which I think was an interesting point here because I actually saw somebody on Twitter comment about this. But he was running, you notice he kind of shifts to his to his uh, to his side to leave room on the left, and you know, yes. you know, Sam is a big thing on your left. That was their thing. So I thought that was a that, that's a great thing to pay homage to almost kind of say, you know, Steve's always with Sam. That's that's phenomenal. I didn't catch yeah. that the first time, but you know, shout out to the, the Twitter investigators that were able to point that out to me because that is a fantastic nod. That's a fantastic nod by Marvel to kind of lead that. But obviously, you know, he continues to keep kind of getting used to the shield. As you see, he gets better and better. You know, he's able to do all types of crazy flips and shit and catch it, and it's, you know, you can see that he's becoming more comfortable with it, and we get to the point where, yay, Sam is here. The new Captain America has essentially arrived. We haven't gotten the, the big, big reveal yet, but it's on the horizon. The real new Captain America. Yes. not, not The one that we all want. Yeah, not John Walker's punk ass, but I mean... <laughs> So then, obviously, we go back. We get a quick glimpse of the Flag Smashers, and you know they're preparing for their next big move. And at this point, they've essentially doubled down on what they thought they were going to do, which Sam had predicted they do. Um, mm-hmm. There's a big GRC meeting over in New York, which is the next big thing. Is the, you know they kind of figure out how they what they're going to deal with all how they're going to deal with all these displaced people around the world. Um, and Carly, you know, gets her plan ready and you know knows what she's going to do. Then we go on to Sam, just kind of being in the house, you know, look, and then uh, Joaquin Torres, call, Torres calls him. Says, you know, we, we've kind of put together the piece that every time the Flag Smashers appear, there's like a, a ping that popped up on their radar. Then that was that right where it was where the Flag Smashers appeared shortly later. He's like, it's interesting because all of them are in Europe, and this is the first one that's in New York. Sam's able to quickly connect the dots that... Yes. The flag smashers are in New York because that's where the big GRC meeting is with all the senators and the world powers about what they're going to do with all these displaced people. So he's like, hey, great work, Torres. I know what to do next. So this is where the episode kind of concludes. He goes over to his his box that Bucky gave him from straight from Wakanda, pops it open. We don't get the big reveal, but we all know what it is. But that's that's the big end of the, this, the, the episode, man. It's Is it going to be made of vibranium is what I want to know. I uh, gotta be i mean they they put that shit in everything exactly <laughs> they put that in everything so man what a what a what a way to set up a final episode like this is the big climax we got the flag smashers making their final big stand we got psychopath john walker um we you know still kind of brewing in the background we have sam fully accepting and adopting the captain america of uh, captain america mantle and you know donating the shield and deciding that he's going to be the the true next captain america and we have bucky who feels like a man that has been placed who's been put who feels comfortable in his in this new timeline that he hasn't quite felt before he is a friend again that he hasn't quite really had this entire time he's found a friend a brother somebody that he can really you know relate to consider yes relate to in the same way steve kind of did so i thought this is a great way to peak um I'm not mad at the episode end at all because I no. just know this next episode is going to be great. But I think everything they did this episode was so vital. This was such an important episode because obviously, like I said, it cars out Sam's decision to truly accept Captain America. It helps descend John Walker further to madness. 
it, it helps climax that the flag smashers are getting ready for their final yes. stand. So I don't know how you felt about this episode, my brother, but this was great. And I cannot wait for next week because I know it's going to be a banger. So I probably think that last week's episode's better mm. just because we got more action yeah, and whatnot. A lot more action. <laughs> but this episode was phenomenal. And I think that we're entering the realm where as long as the season ending's good, I think that this is better than WandaVision. And I never thought I'd be there because you know how much I love me some WandaVision. Yeah. But like, it's great. It's just objectively great. And, you know, last but not least, we got our first post cred scene of the yeah. Falcon and the Soldier as well, which, you know, was we see a guy banging away on metal, realizing quickly it is John Walker, who's descending deeper and deeper into madness, like you keep on beautifully putting. Yeah. He's building his own Captain America shield with his um, personal insignia on it as well from the um, from the army. Yeah, it's better which, on him. Sheesh. Which which was wild. Which was such a good way to end. Yeah, how self-absorbed is that? You got to put your Medal of Honor on a shield to what prove what that you're a a good soldier. It's so bad, man. Oh man, dude's no, a nutcase. So. Dude's a nutcase, but. I'm excited to see where his character goes because obviously we haven't seen the last of him. Um, but yeah, man, what an episode. And like you said, obviously not the most action-packed episode, but a very important one in just yes. developing this series. It, it's so important. All the relationships that were built, all the development. It's It was necessary for everything that I think is going to happen in this next episode and beyond. But overall, man, you're right. This series, and, it's, it, and again, this speaks to Marvel's ability to literally give us two completely different things in the same universe. WandaVision is nothing like this. Zero. But it's, but it's set in the same universe. The characters will cross over intertwine. And it's phenomenal. And it's amazing. Like, this is such, like, if this was a movie, this is such a great spy movie. This is phenomenal. And WandaVision, obviously, it's a bit more off-brand, but, it, that, was, that, but that was phenomenal in its own right. So Marvel continues to show that they have not missed. And again, just even amps my excitement up for Loki more, but next week's going to be fun, man. I, I was I was very pleased with this episode. Definitely same here, my friend. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll round up on that. Um, Quam, as always, a huge, huge pleasure to chat it up with you about you know everything Marvel. Yes, Where can the good people find you? Find me on Twitter at Laquan James. It'll be down somewhere in the description. So come follow me, man. Um, also a contributor to the Late Night Lake Show podcast and pregame show. You can catch me on there from time to time. Support our buddy Ricky and, and Danny. You know, great guys as well. Alan, where could the good people find you, my brother? At AlanRamich03. As always, I've had that Twitter handle since I made Twitter. April 2008, I think it was. Wow. You're a yeah. 2008-er. Okay. So I'm an OG Twitter guy. Yeah, I'm a 2008-er o- as well. OG. OG, both of us. The best thing is I've kept my same username throughout it all. I think I changed my life five times. <laughs> <laughs> I tried at Alan Ramage, but it was already taken, unfortunately. Uh, that would have been a great one, though. That would have been there. a great one. Yeah, but you know, you can also. I'm the co. I'm the po- I'm the podcast host of the Lakers Side Chats. Obviously, blipped in as well. Um, starting a new venture as well with the NFL side of things. Uh, it will be called the the Direct Snap Podcast. Um, again, 
bringing in a little bit of a Marvel theme, the direct snap, snap, you know, yeah. Thanos. You love it. You love to hear it. You love to hear it. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening again, please. Wherever you find this podcast, please, if you can leave us a review rating, um, let us know, you know, talk to us on the timeline. We're, we're always more than available to talk to you guys. Yeah. Stay, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Vaccinate, please, if you can. And have a good evening. And stay tuned to Blipton.